Hey, how you doing, Ignite City? Hey, I want to take us through something real quick in Joshua chapter 22. Uh, this is where the eastern tribes, which were the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, um, they're pretty much being commended by Joshua. When you look at what he says in verse 1 of chapter 22, where he told them, You have done everything Moses, uh, the Lord's servant, commanded you and have obeyed me in everything I commanded you. And he says, you have not deserted your brothers even once this whole time, but you carried out the requirements of the command of the Lord your God. The requirements were, hey, uh, when, when the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, when they came to the Jordan, they saw the, Easter, uh, they saw the land east of the Jordan, and they said, hey, could we, could we stay here? Could this be our, our quote-unquote, our promised land? Uh, because they saw that it was good for them. And so uh, when they requested it, God, uh, God commanded, Moses commanded them, um, hey, when you, yeah, you can have this, but when we cross uh, over the Jordan into the promised land, um, then you need to go before your brothers and you need to fight for them and protect them and until they have rest. And when they have rest, then you can go home. And so these two and a half tribes did exactly that. And Joseph um, gave them props because they did everything that Moses had commanded them um, and obeyed everything that Joshua had commanded them. Um, and then Joshua gives them these final words before he blesses them and sends them home. He says, only carefully obey, in verse 5, the command and instruction that Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you. To love the Lord your God, walk in all his ways, keep his commands, be loyal to him, and serve him with all your heart and all your soul. And then he sends them home. Uh, and so they get to go home and they get to have rest because the people of Israel, they've entered their rest. Um, and then he, and then you get to verse, uh, as you get to verse seven, um, actually we'll just go verse six, Jesus, I'm sorry, sorry, Joshua blessed them and sent, and sent them on their way. And they went to their homes. Uh, Moses had given Terry to half the tribe of Manasseh and Bashan, but Joshua had given Terry to the other half with their brothers on the West side of the Jordan. When Joshua sent them to their homes and blessed them, he said, return to your homes with great wealth. A huge number of cattle and silver, gold, bronze, iron, a large quantity of, of clothing. Share the spoil of your enemies with your brothers. And so when you get back, hey, make sure that everyone gets some of this stuff that God has provided for all of us. And so they take off. Reubenites, Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh, they left the Israelites, and they go to where their, their, where their, their uh, promised land is, east of the Jordan. You get to verse 10, when they came to the region of the Jordan and the land of Canaan, the Reubenites, Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh built a large, impressive altar there by the Jordan. Now, there's a reason that they built it, but the Israelites saw what they had built, and they jumped to a conclusion. Look what it says in verse 11. It says, uh, the Israelites heard it and said, uh, Look, the Reubenites, Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh have built an altar on the frontier of the land of Canaan at the region of the Jordan on the Israelite side. When the Israel, now watch this. When the Israelites heard this, the entire Israelite community assembled at Shiloh to go to war against them. I mean, this is the, these were the two and a half tribes that just helped them get into the promised land. They fought for them. They bled for them. They were exhausted with them and for them. They've been blessed because they fulfilled everything that they were supposed to do. They were blessed and sent home. And then the Israelites get wind of this altar that they had built and they jump to a conclusion. And they're ready to go to war. It's not, hey, let's go ask him what's going on. They're ready to go do battle. And so in verse 13, the Israelites sent Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the priest, the Reubenites, Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, the land of Gilead. 
They sent 10, le- 10 leaders with them, one family member for each tribe of Israel. All of them were heads of the ancestral families among the clans of Israel. And so when they get there, look at what they, look at what they told them. This is what the Lord's entire community says. It's like everyone is standing against you because they've heard what you've done. And they say, what is this treachery you have committed against the God of Israel by turning away from the Lord and building an altar for yourselves so that you are in rebellion against the Lord today? Friends, they jumped to a conclusion. They had no clue the reason behind the altar that they had built. They just jumped to this conclusion. Everyone got worked up into this frenzy. All the Israelites were ready to go to battle, to go to war, to go and kill their brothers in arms uh, that were on the east side of the Jordan. So the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, all the Israelites were ready to go to war with them. And then uh, as you continue, I'm sorry, they continue their quote unquote, their accusations, thinking that they have all the information uh, all the way down through verse 20. And they get to verse 21, the Reubenites, Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh answered the heads of the Israelite clans, the mighty one, God, the Lord, the mighty one, God, the Lord. And I love that they start off that way saying, we haven't left God. I mean, they're making an accusation. The Israelites were making an accusation against these two and a half tribes that they were rebelling against God, that they were going to, um, that they were giving up on God and they were going to go their own way. And he's like, wait, 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 the mighty one, he's on the mighty one, God, the Lord, Yahweh, that's our God. He's the only one. And then watch what, it, watch what they say next. He knows. And then may all, may Israel also know. I mean, God knows our heart. He knows why we did this. And it's like, we didn't do this to rebel against God. He goes on to, or they go on to explain, do not spare us today. If it was in rebellion or treachery against the Lord, that we have built for ourselves an altar to turn away from him. May the Lord himself hold us accountable if we intended to burn, uh, to, uh, to offer burnt offerings and grain offerings on it or to sacrifice fellowship offerings on it. We actually did this from a specific concern that in the future, your descendants might say to our descendants, what relationship do you have with the Lord, the God of Israel? For the Lord has made the Jordan a, a border between us and you, uh, us and you descendants of Reuben and Gad, you have no share in the Lord. So your descendants may cause our descendants to stop fearing the Lord. So what, what the Israelites uh, jumped to as with regards to a conclusion was completely false. It was wrong. It wasn't even close to why they had actually built this altar. In verse 26, he goes on. Therefore, we said, let's take action. This was a specific thing that they wanted to handle to make sure that their community community was taken care of in the moment and in the future. Therefore, he said, let's take action and build an altar for ourselves, but not for burnt offerings or sacrifice. Instead, it is to be a witness between us and you and between the generations after us so that we may carry out the worship of the Lord in his presence with our burnt offerings, sacrifices, and fellowship offerings. Then in the future, your descendants will not be able to say to our descendants, you have no share in the Lord. Guys, that's why they set it up. They're setting up, they're they're preparing for the future. And then you get to verse 29. We would never, ever rebel against the Lord or turn away from him today by building an altar for burning offering, grain offering, or sacrifice other than the altar of the Lord our God, which is in front of his tabernacle. And then watch the response of, of the leaders. When the Verse 30, when the priest Phineas and the, and the community leaders, the heads of Israel's clans who were with him, heard what the descendants of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh had to say, they were pleased. 
you get down to the middle of verse 31, um, where it says, uh, Phineas, son of Eleazar, the priest said to the descendants of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, today we know that the Lord is among us because you have not committed this treachery against him. As a result, you have rescued the Israelites from the Lord's power. You have rescued, it's like the Israelites were getting ready to do something horribly stupid. And because you spoke truth, because you weren't rebelling, but you told us what was really happening and you helped us see how wrong we were, you have saved us from the Lord's power. In other words, God was going to, God was going to, um, was going to punish the Israelites if they attacked these two and a half tribes over something that they didn't know to be true. And then the priests and leaders go back to the Israelites and tell them everything about it. They reported everything about it. Verse 33, the Israelites were pleased with the report and they blessed God. They spoke no more about going to war against them to ravage the land where the Reubenites and Gadites lived. And I think here's an application principle for us, friends. I think before we jump into going to quote unquote battle with someone, what if our first response, well, stop, pray, ask the Lord, ask the Lord for direction, and then maybe go talk to the person or to the people. Instead of jumping to conclusions and then getting everyone else riled up, which happens so often in quote unquote church world, instead of just doing that and thinking that everything is a battle, what if you just asked questions? You just asked, you didn't jump to conclusions, you asked questions because maybe, just maybe, those that, those that you're ready to do battle with, maybe, maybe the motives behind the decisions that they're making or the thoughts that they're having, the direction that they're going, has nothing to do with the preconceived ideas that you have of them. Maybe, you, maybe you're wrong and they're in the right. And when they explain to you Maybe it's going to maybe it's going to make sense and it's going to click and it will save you from God's punishment or his discipline because of your inability to stop, to slow down. Friends, how often have I jumped to a conclusion that's nowhere close to reality only to find myself with egg on my face and being reminded, "Hey, maybe instead of jumping to conclusions and making decisions based upon those upon those erroneous conclusions, what if I just get more information?" What if 90% of fights can be, uh, can be fixed just by getting more information? It doesn't mean that there won't be times where after we get information that we'll just go, well, that's perfect. There might be times we completely disagree, especially if it goes against scripture and say a person or a group of people are going away from the truth that's, that's presented in scripture. Well, of course we still need to what? We see that we hold the truth. But we also want to, we want to pray. We want to love them, but we also want to stand for, for, for what God says in his word. And that at times means, hey, for those that are trying to be divisive and cause division in the church body, in the book of Titus, uh, God tells us uh, through the writings of Paul, hey, with regards to a divisive person, warn them once, warn them a second time, and then have nothing to do with them. And so it doesn't mean, hey, we just, hey, you told me, so it's all good. There are times where it's actually we can have wrong opinions. We can have wrong doctrines. We can help, we can hold to wrong truths, which is actually just error. It's, it's to be wrong. And in those things, we need to make sure that we're holding to truth. But it, I, I just convinced that a lot of these, um, a lot of these problems that come up, if people would just stop long enough to ask questions, a lot of the fights, uh, could be missed. We could just get, we could get around them quickly and continue to move forward in what God has called us to do. So friends, I hope that's an encouragement to you. I know it's a little bit longer today, but hopefully you were blessed. Love you guys more than you know, and we'll talk soon.